Welcome to Without the Footnotes with me, your host, Estherini. On this week's episode, I'll be talking about the Holocaust in Lithuania. Hi friends and welcome back to Without the Footnotes, not your typical Holocaust lecture. We are back to regular programming, so season three, episode 13, I think it is now. Um, And this season I'm just going uh, country by country and just explaining or giving you a kind of overview of how the Holocaust happened in each country because, wow, by the 13th episode, I'm pretty sure that you understand that it varied country to country. Persecution looked different depending on who was in charge, what time what um at what point of the war it was in whether the final solution had been um decided upon or not so that's what we're doing this week we're going to go to Lithuania um I don't think I have many updates for this week to be honest um just my main concern I think I would say what is what's happening in Poland at the Polish border at the moment and the refugee situation there unfortunately and this is a trigger warning people are freezing to death um particularly children so on this podcast I like to encourage um people to be proactive or um really do like engage in activism that kind of suits them personally and I think at the moment if you have the means which I'm sure we all have well, hopefully we all have a, like a fiver to spare or something. Um, maybe donate my favourite um, charity, which I always um, promote or I always suggest when people ask um, what they can do is Choose Love. It's a, a British uh, charity that actually helps um, supply refugees with anything that they might need. And they have a range of stuff on their website Um yeah and it varies in costs depending on what you can afford so that would be a good idea um to take a look at um it seems to be always another week another refugee crisis and it's horrible and the worst thing is obviously we all know it's winter it's freezing outside today so I absolutely dread to think what people are going through um without proper food or shelter or the right clothing so yeah that's a bit of a downer um but on a happier note I don't know if you saw the posts going around but in Poland people have been putting green lights in their houses to let refugees know that they are welcome there and that they can find either food or or supplies or whatever um yeah with them so that's a that's something to be celebrated and yeah can't always be all doom and gloom but even though we wish all of that stuff wasn't happening at all. But anyway, um, that's what I had to say this week. Oh, also that my friend Aoife, who's been on the podcast before, um, kindly let me know that Kristallnacht, which I spoke about last week, is also known as um, the November Prog... Pog- oh gosh, hang on, it's late. The November Pogroms in Germany. Um, there is a bit of sensitivity around the word Kristallnacht. Um, I won't go into it. If you want to know, just reach out to me. I'll let you know. Um, but yeah, just so you know, it's okay to use that word, but also they do also use November pro- Pogroms in Germany. Anyway, I'm tired. I'm just going to crack on with this week's episode. Uh, 
Okay, so the Holocaust in Lithuania. So before World War II, there were roughly 160,000 Jews living in Lithuania, and this equated to around 7% of the total population. The country was occupied by the Soviet Union in June of 1940 and had been completely annexed by it by August of the same year. Now, at this point, a lot of Jewish refugees were fleeing to Lithuania from Nazi-occupied Poland. So by 1940, the Jewish population had increased to around a quarter of a million people, which was then around 10% of the total population. So the Soviet occupation brought terror to the region and anyone who was considered an enemy of communism was a target. Tens of thousands of Lithuanians were sent to Siberia and imprisoned in the gulags, which you may have heard of. Um, They were Soviet labour camps. Amongst them was approximately 7,000 Jews. Now, Jewish people were not deported by the Soviets because they were Jewish. Um, They weren't specifically targeted for systematic murder, murder by the Soviets. It was more so that they were understood to be capitalists and therefore the enemy to communism. And it's important to point this out as the definition of genocide that we have as it stands today does not cover political ideology. So if you're wondering whether this can be understood as a genocide in itself, the answer is technically no. This would be a separate crime against humanity. So... When the Soviets came, they began a process of nationalisation, basically aligning all areas of Lithuanian life to the communist ideology. And in doing so, many Jewish people lost property and businesses. Religion was also out of the question, so synagogues were also closed. So there was a restriction to life as we've seen it in other German-occupied countries, but not for the same reasons. Now, in what might seem an odd turn of events, there was a lift on existing anti-Semitic legislation, namely that Jewish people were no longer restricted from holding positions in in local and state government. Now, taking up these positions did lead to Lithuanian nationalists accusing Jewish people of collaborating with their occupiers. So although this may seem like a somewhat positive term, um, turn of events for the Jewish population, the anti-Jewish sentiment was very much still there in Lithuania. And although they weren't being singled out by the state, by the Soviet Union for being Jews, anti-Semitism still existed within the country. So that was all like bubbling beneath the surface anyway. Now, in 1941, if you know a bit about how the war unfolded, you're probably one step ahead already and have realised that the Germans invaded the Soviet Union in June of that year. So this now meant that Lithuania came under German occupation and was governed by the German civilian administration that covered the Baltic states and Western Belarusia. So around that time, around the time of the arrival of the German forces, violent riots were carried out by Lithuanians themselves against the Jewish people. And in June and July of 1941, the Einsatzgruppen arrived, which were mobile killing units specifically created to round up and shoot entire communities of Jewish people. So these Einsatzgruppen, with the help of Lithuanian auxiliaries, um, shot most of the Jews in rural Lithuania by August of 1941. So this all happened very, very quickly. 
by November of that year, most of the Jews from the cities that had been concentrated into ghettos across the country had also been murdered. So as I said, very, very fast. If they only came in in June and by November, a lot of the Jewish people had already been murdered. That's a mere few months. So after these initial deadly months, the surviving 40,000 Jews, so if you remember, I said that there was approximately 250,000 um, in 1941, um, they were concentrated into ghettos at Vilna, Kovno and other cities. Now, I just want to tell you a little bit about Abba Kovna, an important figure when it comes to looking at the Holocaust in Lithuania, specifically because of his connection to Vilna. Now, Kovna was a poet from Russia who was at school in Vilna during, during the war, and him and a few of his friends were luckily able to escape before being imprisoned in the Vilna ghetto. So when the Einsatzgruppen were murdering Jews from Vilna and the surrounding area, they would take them to Ponary, and I hope I'm saying that correctly, Forest. It was here that approximately 7,000 Jews were killed in one action. Um, Kovna and his friends realised what was happening and tried to raise the alarm. And I'm going to read... I'm going to read to you what Kovner read at a Zionist youth meeting in January of 1942. And this is in his own words. And I quote, They shall not take us like sheep to the slaughter. Jewish youth do not be led astray. Of the 80,000 Jews in the Jerusalem of Lithuania, only 20,000 have remained. Before our eyes, they tore us from our parents, our brothers and sisters. Where are the hundreds of men who were taken away for work by the Lithuanian snatchers? Where are the naked women and children who were taken from us in the night of terror of the provo provocatia? Where are the Jews who were taken away on the Day of Atonement? Where are our brothers from the second ghetto? All those who were taken away from the ghetto never came back. All the roads of the Gestapo lead to Ponary, and Ponary is death. Doubters, cast off all illusions. Your children, your husbands and your wives are no longer alive. Ponary is not a camp. All are shot there. Hitler aims to destroy all the Jews of Europe. The Jews of Lithuania are fated to be the first in line. Let us not go as sheep to the slaughter. It is true that we are weak and defenceless, but resistance is the only reply to the enemy. Brothers, it is better to fall as free fighters than to live by the grace of the murderers. Resist to the last breath. End quote. Now, Abba Kovna survived the Holocaust and testified at the Eichmann trial. His testimony is available on YouTube if you'd like to watch it. I'm pretty sure you can find it in English. Um, if you just type in his name, Abba, um, A-B-B-A, and Kovner, K-O-V-N-E-R, it should come up for you. He is also a very interest. He also has a very interesting story. Um in his rescue of Jews and his work as a partisan and his also his planned revenge for the German, German people. So I would recommend that you go look up his story and yeah, just read a bit about him, maybe watch some of, um, some of the, the videos from the trial. So to carry on with um, how the Holocaust unfolded in Lithuania, the ghettos actually operated until 1943 when, um, Two of them were destroyed and two more were then turned into concentration camps. 
At this point, 5,000 Jews were sent to killing centres in Nazi-occupied Poland. 15,000 were deported to labour camps in Latvia and Estonia. And shortly before the Germans withdrew from the country altogether in 1944, 10,000 Jews were sent from the Kovno and another camp that I can't pronounce, I can't pronounce it, I'm sorry, I should have looked it up, I apologise. Um... They were sent from Kovno and another camp to concentration camps in Germany. So right up until the last minute, the Germans were actually ensuring that they carried on with their genocidal policy by transporting Jewish people all the way from Eastern Europe um, over to Germany, um, nearing on the end of the war or the last year of the war. Um, So after... Um, Germany's withdrawal from Lithuania the country was actually reoccupied by the Soviet Union but that was not before in a few short years the Germans had murdered around 90% of the Jewish population so almost all of the 250,000 Jewish people that were living in the country at time of occupation so although what I've just explained only obviously scratch, scratches the surface of how the Lithuania um, of how the Holocaust happened in Lithuania. Um, an incredible amount of people and a community that was decimated by ninety percent, which any percentage would be horrific. But the fact that the Holocaust in Lithuania was incredibly successful, if you come out of it with around 10% of what you once had and the sheer amount of people in such a short space of time is really devastating and one of the things that I really want to try to do with with this podcast and with all the work that I do when I I teach about the holocaust and genocide is try to have people realize the amount of effort that would need to go into um, killing so many people and the collaboration that's needed and the planning and the systematic nature of it all um but also really understanding that six million people isn't actually an unfathomable fathom can't say that word an unfathomable number when you break it down country by country because if each country has its own people operating and perpetrating the genocide then it becomes a much more understandable thing of how you can go from having an ideology and wanting to eliminate a group of people to actually doing it and carrying it out. Um, And I think that's especially true when you look country by country. And I would really urge you to, if there are things that intrigue you or you want to find out more if you're like oh 90% I just can't I can't understand like how would they have done it what would the actions have looked like how many people at one time xyz if you really want to to look at that and understand that further then I urge you to go and and do some research on it and see what these actions looked like and how many people were perhaps being rounded up at a time or how what how they went community to community and actually perpetrated it and carried it out um obviously it's not for the faint heart faint-hearted but I do think if you have an interest in the holocaust it's probably because you want to understand why and how people are capable of doing 
uh, of committing crimes like these against you know fellow human beings um so yeah I just wanted to reiterate because it's the first episode back after like quite a long break I think the last country that I did was Norway and nor the holocaust in Norway was very very different to how the holocaust was perpetrated in Lithuania and I think you can also get start to get a picture of how the holocaust was perpetrated differently in western Europe than it was to eastern Europe um so yeah I hope you're I hope you're gaining some kind of like understanding behind how you know this is this this yeah wasn't an unfathomable thing to be done it's still horrendous amounts of people and 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 um was carried out in in I don't want to say it was unimaginable because it, it wasn't it happened but I hope anyway I don't know what I'm saying I'm hoping that you're getting a, a deeper understanding and a deeper realization of how how this type of crime is able to be committed I'm going to stop rambling now because I don't know where my brain's at I'm trying what I'm trying to articulate but I hope you understand what I mean um as ever please rate review and subscribe to the podcast um share it with your friends and family or anyone that you think might be interested if you do want to contact me maybe you've got some ideas how I can better articulate myself um at this late on a Monday night when I'm recording this podcast it's my own fault because I'm doing it I'm recording it too late but anyway um if you want to chat to me or tell me anything then send me an email info at withoutthefootnotes.org I'm happy to discuss anything with you if I've got the answers I will give them to you if I don't I will point you in the right direction um always happy to hear from people and I think that's probably all I have to say for this week and apart from thanks for listening and I'll catch you next time ciao